Good afternoon. Welcome to the channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Markets have saw some negativity in the grain complex and actually looked to see a turnaround to the negative on the cattle, but still higher once again on the hogs. We're going to look at what this Monday market trade all means. As Alan Brugler is joining us, he's with Brugler Marketing and Management. So I think that's right where we need to start. How soon is these grains going to stop with their lower trade? Well, that's a very difficult question to answer because we're kind of in a race to the bottom, if you will. It's it's the, the crop is shrinking in South America, but the the crop the demand is shrinking as well. I think uh, you see the uh, the drier weather for Argentina. People are pulling in their horns a little bit on that record crop down there. Uh, a mixed bag in Brazil, but the, the consensus is the numbers are still coming down from what USDA has. So that's the bull story. But on the other hand, you see really bad economic numbers out of China. Uh, you see their their big liquidation of their hog herd there, talking about cutting their, their bean imports because they don't need the meal. And then you look at the, the uh, shipping situation, which is just a problem all over the place. So speaking of shipping, I saw that the U.S. over the weekend took in um, some, some soybeans, that is, coming out of Brazil. Yeah, the uh, Brazilians are offering some pretty cheap deals here. Uh, again, the, the freight makes really strange uh, combinations. The U.S. is having trouble shipping to to the Far East because Panama Canal is has got low water levels and uh, very few vessels go through. You've got uh, you can't go through Suez Canal, or at least a lot of the vessels are cutting back that way. So. Freight's, freight's expensive uh, if you're going east or west. If you're going north or south, Brazil, the U.S. and back, it's 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 a lot more reasonable. So how big of a concern is this freight rates and the increase going to have just overall on export opportunities? Well, it's kind of like tariffs. It's a, it's a tax on transactions. So, you know, if the buyer's got X price they want to have, they're willing to pay, and freight costs are higher or delays are longer, uh, then you've, you've got a lower FOB price because the end users won't, won't pay it, uh, assuming they have another logistical opportunity, another place to get it. I've seen several numbers that said uh, if you had to bypass the Suez, uh, you, you could be adding up to a million dollars per vessel on some of your costs. So that depends on you know where you're going from and where you're coming from. But but the point is, uh, it's a it's a it's taking down prices at the at the export ports to to reflect that higher cost and and or the the delay times to get stuff shipped. So where are you seeing when it comes to the demand for U.S. supplies and the way this dollar's been? I mean, our export numbers obviously have been on the quieter side as of late, but I think still within reason of what USDA had been projecting. Yeah, actually, corn exports have, have done quite well compared to a year ago. We're still down four. We were two years ago on commitments. But uh, this is the window where we should be making hay on, on corn. Okay, I, I know that's a funny-looking metaphor there. But the point is uh, Brazil doesn't have a lot of corn to export. Argentina doesn't have a lot of corn to export. If, if anybody needs it, they should be coming to the U.S. to get it right now. Soybeans were kind of getting on the end of that window. Uh, Agrial, I believe, had soybean harvest in Brazil, 11% done now. It takes a little while for those beans to get to the port, but uh, you're starting to see much much lower bids out of Brazil, very aggressive bids out of Brazil. And uh, so we, we 
typically want to have 70 or 80 percent of our U.S. beans for the year committed at this point, not necessarily on a vessel. Uh, we're close to that. All right. From the weather wise, I know that uh, ever changing as it is does here in the States, but it seems to be back in conversation today on a Monday for, for South America. Yeah, they're. The uh, if you look at the seven day soil moisture change forecast, which is something we we track for short term weather, it, it's dry. It'll be drier this week in southern Brazil and Argentina, but it's going to be quite wet actually in in Mato Grosso and over into Goiás, and uh, that slows down their bean harvest a little bit. But it's also very good for their for their corn planting. Uh, you know that the uh, winter crop down there is always struggling for moisture, particularly later. And January is not usually the problem, but they're building up some nice preserves here for the early second crop corn. What is your thoughts on that unknown? I know you talked a little bit about exports here a little bit ago, but it was nice to see that talk of an unknown destination at, at a decent amount of 100,000 metric tons. Well, price makes an excellent fertilizer is one thing they say, but the the other uh, that is, if you get it cheap enough, somebody will buy it. Somebody will take a chance on it. And I think that's what happened. We, when you get unknown destinations, of course, that's that's just because they don't know what port they're going to unload it at. And that's not necessarily even which country when it's bought. It's usually a multinational that's doing it. But, again, I think, I think we got cheap enough to attract some buyers. And we just need a whole lot more of that right now. Can we continue to do that? I mean, how cheap is cheap, though? to affect that bottom line? Well, uh, the uh, unfortunately, the market does not require to make you or give you price profit, all right? Uh, I think in most cases, we're still above break even for most producers, but it's, it's getting really, really close for some. The um, When we're at this point in that cycle, in that short crop, long tail cycle, you start to feel the pain. You start to see some people that had high input costs and, and can't re- realize the, the returns. But I think uh, the, 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 the more difficult conversations are going to be next year. And, of course, when we come back, I want to ask you a little bit more about uh, what's happening geopolitical as well. So, so folks, we got a lot more coming up as we get ready here for the second half of today's Channel Final Bell. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about that geopolitical action and how that's affecting the trade. And then look at this cattle market. The big question is, did the cattle go too far, too fast into the positive? And was today just a pullback and us also prep before we see Wednesday's report coming from the USDA? More is coming up. It's the Channel Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Fontenelle Hybrids and the other regional brands, along with Channel Seed, are merging in 2025, and we're ready to up your seed game. Here's Channel Seed professional Dustin O'Hanlon from Lexington. I'm extremely excited about this, to see the focus of taking all 11 brands and moving into one, and combining the knowledge that we've got into one brand, and bringing every bit of that together so we can have one focus, which is taking care of our growers. For more, contact your local Channel Seed professional. Welcome back once again to the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Aralyn Brugler, of course, with Brugler Marketing and Management. We left off kind of talking geopolitical, and there's been a lot um, that popped up over the weekend. How do you see that factoring into the overall market trend? Well, the one everybody's trying to figure out is how the Middle East is going to play out here. You've, you've got a, a little bit of a proxy war going there with the 
the Houthis and the other uh, Iranian affiliates, uh, you know, ostensibly trying to interrupt vessel traffic to Israel, but really they're they're trying to interrupt all vessel traffic. And then, of course, over the weekend, uh, there was a drone attack on a U.S. outpost, we'll call it, in Jordan. Uh, we've, we had some servicemen lose their lives there. We know the U.S. has to react and has to... to uh, punish Iran you know, or their, or at least the uh, affiliates in some fashion here. Uh, but the big concern is, yeah, are we are we going to escalate here? What's that going to do for crude oil prices? Uh, you know, indirectly, what's that do to biofuels? And um, importantly also, what's it do to freight? Okay, what uh, a lot of European uh, supplies come through the Suez Canal, but that ends up going through the area that the, the Houthis are using as a shooting gallery. Now, I know that um, ethanol blender margins itself got a boost because of some short-term driving ability. Um, that's some good news for this corn market. What are your thoughts overall as you do talk about the, the biofuels industry? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the uh, biofuels, you know, you're in a couple different uh, subcategories there. Uh, some good news, uh, Lanzajet actually opened their SAF from ethanol plant last week. Uh, that's down Georgia, I believe. Uh, it's a small plant, but uh, several of the bigger players are are uh, that want to convert ethanol to to SAF sustainable aviation fuel are relying on that particular type of technology. So that that's uh, that's not a big demand number, but it's a it's a positive. The soybean oil had a really nice rally today, even though the the crude oil gap higher and then pulled back. Uh, <clears throat> we do know that uh, the uh, in Rodeo, California, got some environmental approvals last week. That's a big renewable biodiesel uh, refinery. Uh, so we should start to see some more renewable diesel production and also, uh, obviously, some more consumption of feedstocks when you do that. All right. Well, let's, anything else on the grains that you wanted to talk about before we jump over to the livestock? No, I don't have things we we just kind of the poster child for the corn and beans we're still we're trying to drop prices and find demand uh russia is still trying to to uh, be the market leader there on on what that price is all right well over to the livestock side what comes up must go down and did we go up too fast on this cattle complex yeah i i think we did i think we 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 had the big sell-off late last year. You had uh, everybody scratching their head. Wait a minute, cattle cycle's still down. We're still shrinking the herd. Feeder supplies are still tight. How come prices are going down? A lot of that was, was mechanical. It was just the funds who had been long all year getting out before year end or avoiding delivery against the December contract. Uh, now we're we're uh, refocused, I think, on the fact that the cattle cycle is still turned down. We're still looking at very tight feeder supplies later this year. Calf numbers are down. We're going to find out exactly how much they're down on, on Wednesday when USDA does their uh, semi-annual cattle inventory report. When you talk about that report, Alan, do you expect any surprises in those numbers? Well, by definition, it was a surprise. I didn't expect it. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the the... That's the risk, all right, and that may be why the market backed off just a little bit today. What if USDA tells us that we aren't shrinking the herd quite as much as we think we are? I mean, we look at the numbers and we say we had large numbers of heifers in the feedlots. We, we continue to do heavy cow slaughter in 2023. 
the the uh, what we call the beef factory, which is combined beef cows and, and beef heifer replacements, should be down quite a bit. What if it's not down as much as, as what we're thinking? Uh, we already got kind of a surprise last year when all those heifers went to the feedlot and the, the uh, cattle and feed numbers were higher in the second half of the year than what the, the pricing had been built in the first half of the year. So uh, we're just a little leery. Historically, the cattle inventory report's not a major market mover in terms of, you know, the market goes up or down five bucks based on what it says. But uh, I think we're we're doing a check here and saying, okay, let's let's see if what we think is still happening is happening. All right, what about these hogs? Nice green on the screen for them today. Hogs have had a really nice run here. Uh, you, again, you've got kind of a double bottom on the charts. you got you got some shorts. The funds were short hogs for six or seven weeks. Now they're getting chased out. Same thing's happening in cotton, by the way. Uh, and it, it helps that the beef prices, are, or at least the cattle futures, are going up. That's uh, supporting the hogs as well. Uh, and the weather's shifted things around a little bit, too. All right. Best way for folks to get a hold of you, Alan? Oh, please call us, 402-697-3623. Visit our website for more information about all of our services for our producers at www.brugler, B-R-U-G-L-E-R, marketing, that's all one word, dot com. All right. And that is today's channel, Final Bell, on the Rural Radio Network.